0: So, yes, you may lose the seat you've had for the last 50 years. If you don't want to pay for that particular seat, you can still get in the stadium for what you're probably paying beforehand. Does Chris look
1: like a priest right now to you guys?
0: Are you dressed like a priest?
1: (laughs) I just noticed it, too. I just took a picture. I'm sending it. (laughs) Holy (laughs) Chris.
2: Life changes. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to see the way the Zoom – I just sent it. You'll see why in a second. You really got into the Easter spirit this year, huh? The power of Chris compels you. Ask me one of them wafers. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Look at 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 the picture Sanon put in there. (laughs) We both saw it at the same exact time because I I was trying to get the words out first.
0: No, there's a little sticker right
2: there. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Little... You look very holy.
1: Welcome to On The Bench. Uh, not a empty bench as it was last week. Don't worry, I got my reinforcements are back with me. We got a full crew. I got Josh Newberg. What up, Josh? Yo. I got Zach Blossing, Zachary, hello. What's up? And I got Chris Nee, who is dressed like a priest today. Bless you, my son. <laughs> <laughs> Can I see the full shirt, like what it's actually supposed to be? No, oh, there you can't. Oh, secret. Gonna, I'm
0: gonna say, man, a mystery for you.
1: Oh, I like it. I like the intrigue there. So we got all three of us here, well, all four of us, all three of my uh, co-hosts with me. And it's fitting because I believe for the first time in a very long time uh, since, since this whole pandemic thing started that this weekend, fellas, we will be a full Knowles 24-7 crew. We will all be on the bench, uh, socially distanced, but uh, all on the bench together this weekend. Newberg, you coming up? Well,
2: I have to test per CBS protocols. I have to test negative within 72 hours of, of me leaving St. Pete for Tallahassee. So, you know, cross our fingers.
1: For, for COVID or something else? Cause it's something else maybe the issue. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I got to clarify that. I think it's COVID <laughs> though. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to, hopefully you do indeed uh, test negative, uh, not just because that'd be good for you in general, but but am uh, looking forward to seeing you, having you up here in person and us oh, all being man. here. Um, Almost gosh. a year and a half since
2: I've been in Tallahassee.
1: It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. You were going to come up during the, um... oh, yeah, you I was, you, up, you were I was up for the
2: March 4th, junior day.
1: That was the last time. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminds me of, Josh, is when you were here, I think it was December, uh, so it was when the staff was just gotten here. You had not met Kenny Dillingham yet, and you, you thought he was a GA at first when he was saying goodbye to Chubba Purdy. That was, so that's, that's about, like, the last actual memory that I have Brendan, of what uh, Kenny, Kenny listens to the pod. I mean, Kenny looks young. What do you want me to say? He's obviously a brilliant mind. He's not the mind of a am G- getting myself in trouble. I'll edit this all out. Don't worry.
2: No, no don't. do will no. leave it in. Sorry, Kenny. You looked like a GA. It was meant to be a compliment.
1: It is. You, he looks, he looks young. He looks, he's vibrant. He's full of energy. That's not a negative thing. Clearly has a
0: good skin routine.
1: Okay. Chris made it awkward. That's good. That's good. It's not me making it awkward. Chris is making it more awkward. Uh, So Josh is coming up to Tallahassee and there's a reason why there's a spring game on Saturday, uh, which is going to be fun to cover. It Actually is more like a spring half though. They're playing like two full quarters and I'm sure they'll do some other like drills and stuff too, to where it just won't be like 24 minutes of football and get out. But, uh, But that'll be here this weekend, and uh, consequently, there will also be Zachary. What are we at, like 100 recruits confirmed right now for this weekend to come, quote-unquote, visit?
3: Yeah, something around that that number.
1: Even if they get half of that, Zach, half of that, that would be a coup.
2: Hold on. Let me just explain to the people that are listening how impressive this visitor list is, because it knows 24-7. The only way you get on our visitor list is if Zach Blostein confirms you firsthand, meaning everybody that we've confirmed on this visitor list, Zach has heard from firsthand that tells him, yeah, I'll be in Tallahassee. Now, of course, some of them won't show, but this is unbelievable.
1: I, mean, I could, I confirm Nick Cole of No One Wants to Give Me Any Credit for one out of 100.
2: I'm sure, I'm sure he probably reached out to Zach first and you just think you did, but mm. this list of, recruits is very impressive i mean considering that we're can i say we're in a pandemic we're coming we're definitely coming out of a pandemic and the dead period is still on so none of these prospects are going to be able to meet with the fsu staff but just the ability to get them on campus is is
0: hugely important
2: josh
1: newberg breaking that the pandemic is over Uh, good good shit josh
0: i think i counted that there were 45 or 46 four stars or higher on the list
1: it's, it's very impressive. So I, we say all this, uh, it's kind of clunky and not on, on schedule here. It's my fault, but we're saying all this. That's Stop. why Josh is, that's why Josh is coming up here because we need all hands on deck to cover the game and to cover recruiting, uh, assuming that there's not a giant thunderstorm and, and it ruins everything for all of us. So uh, I will throw this over to Josh. I'll let you kind of leave point here with, with some of the names that are on the list or if you want to get Zach going here, I'll let you guys kind of spend a good 10 I got to 15 it. minutes on this incredible visitor list.
2: Yeah. And and first and foremost, we have to start at the quarterback position. Nico Markiel is coming in for a visit. Um, Zach talked to him early on. I, he's, the, he's FSU's QB commit. The four-star quarterback out of Arizona will be making, I think, his third or fourth trip to Tallahassee in the last year. So he's kind of a regular on campus, but he's not going to be alone. Um, Florida State's also gonna host QB AJ Duffy, who was supposed to make his decision on March 31st, but bumped it back. And also four-star quarterback out of Georgia, MJ Morris. Um, Morris has has named FSU as leader. FSU has said they're gonna take it, they're gonna take one more. Zach, how do you see this playing out on campus with AJ Duffy there, with Morris there? Do you think that there's a possibility that we come out of this weekend with the second quarterback committed?
3: I definitely think there's a possibility of that happening, considering you get three of your top guys on campus the same weekend, um, which is kind of just unheard of. You don't really see three of your top quarterback um, targets visiting on the same weekend. And usually, I think if they were interacting with the staff um, like a like a normal visit, I don't think this is how they would have tried to schedule um, You know, the, these three guys coming in. Mm-hmm. But since they're all just going to be watching the game and then maybe hanging out with some other recruits, I don't think it's that big of an issue just as far as whatever competition um, you want to say between the three. But I definitely think that Florida State could come out of the weekend with either Duffy or Morris um, added to this class. I, I know Duffy still wants to visit some places mm-hmm. and as does Morris, but you never know with the visit high and how, how things go that one of them could just be ready to uh, make their decision.
2: Yeah, and you can see the full list of visitors on Knowles 24-7. We – we update this daily, sometimes hourly. Just depends on how many recruits are talking to Zach at the moment. Chris, who on this list impresses you? Who, who do you think is a uh, – it's really important that they're making it to campus this weekend?
0: Well, I look, <clears throat> O-line group is where I kind of look at. You know, you got Armella on there. you got got mm-hmm. Knudson. you got Dartrey Richardson. Ali Ba. Sorry, Ali Ba. Um, and then a couple other guys mixed in there with the 2022 offensive line group. Obviously, really important group for them to hit on this year. I think you got three to four guys there who would definitely be guys you would be happy with making your class up. Also, it's always important to keep getting the commits on campus. Yeah. Lance McAdoo's on there. Devon Mortimer's on there. Uh, Nigel Kelly's on there. Aaron Hester, Travis Hunter, Sam McCall. So a vast majority of the commitments are on that list. I believe some of the younger guys are as well, like Cedric Baxter and Cameron Davis. So Mabod on green, will be there. Yeah. yeah and Landon, Landon Thomas, who committed yesterday, for example, told me when I spoke to him last evening, that he plans to come in this weekend, that will actually be his first ever recruiting visit to FSU. He may have been here for seven on the summer or two ago with Colton County, but um, I don't think he's ever done any kind of like look-see on a visit. Yeah. And you're referring
2: to the 2024 tight end Landon Thomas, who committed to FSU on Monday night. So 2024, that means Landon's going into his sophomore year of high school. Correct. Right. There you go, folks. If you, if you didn't feel old before that, now you do. Yeah. yeah, Let's talk about some of these commitments because there has been some talk that maybe Arkansas is making a push at a Quincy McAdoo. Um, Nigel Lee Kelly has been in talks with Florida and Miami. They've been referenced when, when his name's brought up, but Seeing them all on campus this weekend is going to be a good sight for FSU because Florida was unable to get anybody on campus this spring because they didn't open their practices, and same with Miami. Um, Do you think that having these guys on campus is going to help, especially a guy like Travis Hunter, and how will it help FSU's recruiting this weekend?
0: Well, I'll, I'll hand some of this off to Zach, but, yeah, I certainly think it will help. I think, one, having committed guys on campus is kind of a proving ground for them. How committed are they? Usually, if they're being a lead recruiter, a bell cow type, that's a great sign. You know, Travis Hunter has shown himself to be that. Nico has Mm -hmm. shown himself to be that for sure. I'm sure some others have as well. I don't want to leave them out. But in the same breath, if a guy comes in, he's kind of by himself, just hanging around, not real active. You know, Travis Hunter tries to talk to him and there's not much there. That can be something that maybe helps clarify if there should or shouldn't be concern with a guy. So I think it's, it's valuable in both senses.
2: Zach Yeah, Travis I, Hunter I, I, oh, hold on. Yeah. I want to phrase this differently because I know you agree with him, but Travis Hunter comes on campus this week. Um, is he checking in on Thursday? What day is Travis getting in?
3: Yeah, it's kind of confusing because he was actually in Tallahassee this past weekend, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think he made a, he might have went home and then he's coming back on Thursday for the game like for the game weekend that he's gonna stay throughout the weekend. So it's a little bit weird there, but he'll definitely be back in Tallahassee on Thursday. That's what he told me.
2: What do you think his important, like who's he going to be locked in on recruiting wise
3: this weekend? Well, first off, um, if he does come back on Thursday, I believe it'll be with five-star UGA DB commit, like Georgia DB commit uh, day Bowie. buoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also known as smoke. And, it, that's going to be the first guy that you talk about um, with Travis Hunter, just because they'd be driving down together. And I'm sure they're going to spend a lot of time together on that weekend. And um, he's a five-star. Yeah, of course. And um, a Georgia commit, that's always some a, a team that you want to flip guys from um, just with their recruiting pedigree. And I, I think that that's definitely where you start. And then you can move over towards um, either the uncommitted quarterbacks there's also some really talented running backs going to be on campus with um, top targets like Damari Alston and Jalen Glover. Um, and Also, um, you know, a really talented guy in Le'Veon Moss, who was a mm-hmm. recent addition to the list. So there's definitely a lot of guys that Travis Hunter can go after, and I think um, he'll, he'll definitely be active on Saturday. Looking here at the
2: visitor list and talking about flips, there's not many committed prospects coming, you know, committed to other schools. But Dion Bowie's one, and then another is a 2023 standout, Pierce Sperlin. Um, he's a tight end, four-star out of the Panhandle area, and he committed to UGA early. However, Pierce is going to be on campus. Zach, do you think this is significant?
3: Yeah, I think it's pretty significant, um, considering when you put it that He was also on campus for Florida State's second scrimmage um, a few weeks ago. So he'll be making it uh, to Florida State's campus twice within the span of like a one-month period, which is just a good sign. Obviously, he's a 2023 guy, so he's got a while to go in his recruitment. But if Florida State can keep chipping away at UGA in that one, um, and with him living so close to, to, to Florida State in the panhandle, it shouldn't be, you know, that difficult to get him to drive over when, whenever they uh, have a big event or something like this spring game.
2: Yeah, and he's a big time prospect. Number two tight end in the twenty twenty three class. He goes six foot six, two hundred and ten
0: pounds is heading into his junior season. It is just a real quick note on him. He's originally from near Atlanta. He moved down here, right. I think, in the last year. Um, I think he actually plays with Cade Roberts over there, or at least they're buddies and Cade's yeah legacy kid. His dad, Dave, played at FSC back in the day. Yeah, Zach, what
2: 7-on-7 um, seven seven team was he running with when we saw him at IMG?
3: We saw him playing with um, record breakers out of like the Tallahassee record right. breakers. So, he, yeah.
2: Trey Donaldson's team, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. What else do we want to talk about as far as this visitor list goes? Almost 100 prospects. I guess do we want to put anybody on commit watch? We'll Wait, have that article. Is it too right, well, early
1: in the week to do commit watch? Uh I think we do that at the end of the week. Let's do it this way just for now. We're going to play buyer. Sinone later. Okay. But a, a little sneak peek, buyer. remorse at least two commitments coming from this weekend. I'm going to buy that. Ooh, all right. I'm buying so you two got
2: multiple. I'm,
1: multiple. Buying, I'm, I'm buying at least
2: at least two. At okay. least two commitments all this. Right. Week. And are we saying it has to happen by the end of Sunday?
1: I think reasonably if it comes within like – 48 three, hours
0: of
2: the game. Yeah,
1: I'd say within three or four days of Saturday. So by
0: Monday morning. By Monday at noon, let's say. I'll known it, but I still think it's going to be a productive weekend instead of having fruitful outcomes.
2: Now, Chris, he didn't say what class. So are you still sononing it considering 22, 23, 24? Because oh, I'm considering it across all
1: classes.
0: Don't put the priest on the spot like this. Um, I'll, I'll go with bye. I'll go with bye in that case.
1: All right, Zachary.
3: Um, so at least two. I think. Uh, I, I yeah, I'll buy it. I, it's just difficult for me to say that there's going to be a lot of commitments just because the staff won't be able to interact with these guys, that is and the true. fact that, and the fact that this this recruiting cycle is just so um, weird, and the fact that like a lot of guys aren't really making early commitments and so they're waiting to take these official visits where they can actually interact with the staff. So um yeah I, I think I think that's where I would go. I would buy, but it, it's gonna be difficult for for a lot of guys to commit i think
1: a tepid buy from zach I, I we've done so three buys across the board there um if they get less than than two, it's gonna be here just, I want to frame it up for Zach
2: here's a different one zach twenty twenty two only at least two commitments also known nine okay, so we did get a Sonone out of
1: him. okay yeah. I,
2: would, I got a buyer uh, sinone for you guys, but are we going to actually do the whole thing later? Yeah, we'll do
1: a, we'll do a, a legit buyer Sanon in the second half okay. after we're done uh, okay. with, with recruiting talk. Uh, do you have do anything it. else from this weekend? No, you got? I'll, you let me know at the break and I'll put it down there on my list because <clears> I've <throat> actually been uh, putting this together, thinking about it for a long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else for this visiting weekend that we want to discuss or do you want to kind of pivot into some of the the juice that Josh is starting to squeeze for the Uh, the ripe future of the 2023 class. You see what I did there? Ripe, juice, That was brutal. Thank (laughs) you.
2: Yeah. If you think 2022 is getting off to a great start, you better just wait because 2023 has a chance to be even more impressive. Um, We've been talking about the staff's ability to build these these relationships, these true relationships with recruits now that they've been here for a year. And you're seeing it really pay off in 2022. I know everybody thinks like, oh, how did the light just turn on and FSU just started recruiting better? Well, it's because they built real relationships and they're even stronger for 2023. So I'm gonna be working on this 2023 stuff all week. But the first thing that I wanted to do was put out an article um, on the offensive and defense, the defensive side of the ball will drop. Well, it'll be out by the time this podcast come out, comes out. But what I did was basically divide FSU's major 2023 targets into three groups. One, if they're committed, they're in that group. But then you have offensive prospects that FSU is in the lead group for. That means the top three to five, you know, at least in that in that range. If not, FSU leads for them. And then offensive prospects, FSU is in the mix for, but still has work to do. Um, And I just think it's interesting to see how this cycle is starting compared to, you know, like the 2021 cycle is a good example of how different these two are. Because 2021, I, you know, I was bringing to the table like, hey, this just isn't going to look good. FSU is already fading away for a lot of these five stars, a lot of these four stars early on. While 2023 is the exact opposite. You're seeing FSU beginning to gain traction with guys that really coming off a three win season, you wouldn't think they would have traction with a Brandon Innes, a Trayon Webb, a Richard Young. um, All these studs on offense are really looking FSU's way. Um, You can go on Knowles 24-7 and check it all out. But I wanted to bring Zach in here for this because you've been talking to a lot of these kids do you get a sense that this is different for the 2023 class with with what's going on with Florida State?
3: Definitely. I, I, from my talks with a lot of these guys, um, especially the guys down south that I've known for a while, like a Brandon Ennis, um, who's been, you know, on the scene for quite some time. He, he talks up FSU and has been talking up FSU for quite some time, it's a couple of months now, just because. Florida State's making a considered effort to try and get these 2023 prospects in communication with them and building a relationship with them early on in their process. Because this is kind of the class where they get to even the playing field a little bit um, as far as how long they're able to communicate with these guys. Mm -hmm. When they came in with 2021, those guys have already been in contact with other college coaches at other universities for years now. Um, 2023 is a class where a lot of these guys are starting the recruiting processes like right about now they're getting all their offers so with Florida State being able to get in contact with these guys early on it's going to help them in the long run like you see it a little bit in 2022 with the guys they have committed and the guys they're after. um they definitely you know benefited from having those pre-existing and long-standing relationships and I think 2023, you'll see that more, like you said.
2: Right. And FSU currently has three commitments toward their 2023 20, class, um, two defensive prospects, two defensive ends and a, and a running back. They're ranked number two overall and number one in the ACC. Obviously, it's really early. But if you go to Knowles 24-7 and you read my juice stories, I think you'll be pretty excited about the future.
1: Is this a good time for a commercial break? Let's sneak that break in here, Brendan. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I don't think Zach is going to be with No, you know what? Zach may be with us. I'm over-explaining. Just stick with us. We'll see what happens. Byers to on the other side.
0: You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. Now look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No. no! And I do not see surrender.
1: Is far from over. We will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo.
0: New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. Grab your VIP pass.
1: Welcome back to On the Bench. We've got Zach for like five more minutes. So I'm going to try to speed through and get this all done if we can uh, and play a little buyer sanone but we may not be able to. So, Zach, if you have to go, you just got to go. All right, dude? All right, here we go. Josh, do you want to get started on the buyer Sonone? you got the 1st buyer Sonone question for us. Oh,
2: mine might be a little controversial.
1: That's. I wouldn't expect anything less. That's fine.
2: All right. Captains of the spring game, do you buyer sanone this new format for FSU?
1: Are you talking about the coaches for the spring game? you yes. butcher this already? All right. It's a well, aren't job. they the captains? I thought they were, I thought they were uh, honorary coaches. Coaches, captains. You got, you got the whatever. you got the locals with Gene Deckerhoff and Jeff Cameron, and then you got the uh, the national cover uh, coverage with uh with Andre Adelson and um oh my god, I was gonna say Jason Staples. Andy Staples, let me tell Andy you. Staples. <laughs> I was gonna say Jason Staples. That's not accurate, that's not what's happening. Uh, no comment. Um, what do you th- I mean, I don't know. Sinone, I don't like it. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, bye. I don't know. I'm lukewarm. I don't care. I don't feel one way or the other about it. I know it's how you're not supposed to play. but so
0: I, I, yeah. I feel like it's a creative idea, but I think it could have been executed better.
1: Okay.
0: Executed I, better how, Chris? Having somebody a little more uh, headline grabbing doing it. And I'm not talking about media members. I'm talking, like, maybe former players, hall of famers, uh, top NFL pros currently, somebody.
2: Right. But don't you think that they went the media route for a reason?
1: Like, like Jeff, I, Jeff like Cameron's going
0: to talk about it. Last time I checked on the daily Zooms that I've lived on in the last year, none of those four people are on them. So okay, sure. Like I've got no issue with any of those four people. I'm very good friends with Jeff. I think the world of Gene Decker off, I've got zero issues with Andy or Andrea, but okay. I mean like now, like it's terrible. It's terrible.
2: What they're I, doing. You're just
1: it, Josh.
2: Not only am I synoning it, but like, I understand what they're trying to do. You're trying to cozy up to the media and I got no problem with that, but I can't, for the life of me, understand why they picked the people they picked. Uh, first of all, Andy Staples, and I love like Andy Staples is a good dude. He wrote a whole two thousand word essay on the Big Three Roll Up. Shout out to Andy Staples in and the and he's
1: been and also he's been on the bench. You could also you know promote the product. But of, Andy of is the a podcast UF. that you're actually on right now. Jeff. Hold on,
2: Andy's a UF graduate that has historically written about the SEC. Uh, doesn't have any ties to FSU. Doesn't particularly report on him
0: ever.
1: He does really? sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, once in a blue
0: moon. But I mean, he, he's more like a general college football reporter whose home base is in the state of Florida. So he'll do it here and there because covers the southeast within proximity, right?
1: And so does Andrea. I mean, she covers the ACC, but she also dipped in, like she was doing exclusives on Mackenzie Milton and stuff. So she. I would have movies. rather she had I get it. On okay.
2: I would have rather had Gene and Jeff. And then have like the dark side, like Mark Schlebach and like somebody else that hates FSU. Pat 40. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like the people that were camped out in Tallahassee for all those days. <laughs> and then you have like, you know what I mean? Then you have something going on. But like, I don't think anybody knows who Andrea Adelson is. I don't know if but she's been F- on the
1: podcast too. You guys. I don't
2: know if F- in FSU circles that anybody knows who Andy Staples is. I, I think... I would have much rather had uh, Jalen Ramsey be the coach of one team and Derwin James be the coach of the other. But if we're going to the media route,
0: I I think this was like C and D choices. All right. I looked at social media posts from FSU when they announced that and the general consensus was Jeff's a goat, Gene's a dude, and the other two are Gators. Which then people were reminding people that Gene is also actually a gator technically graduate. <laughs> technically. So uh, it humored me. Like I I don't care. I'm not losing any sleep over it. I just don't think it made very much of a splash.
1: I think they should have gotten David Hale on there as well because he would have played it up a little. What bit. do
0: you think was a bigger
2: dud? The announcement to the spring game or what's in the box on National Signing Day? Which has been a bigger
1: letdown. The, the what's in the box actually was cool if it didn't I mean, it was so up, stupid. No, but they actually had, the, had a payoff. The, the payoff. The only way cool. that would have
2: paid off is if Destin Paison popped
1: out of that box. <laughs> the
0: backyard football idea was awesome. Man.
2: I agree.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. I, thought, I thought they overhyped it a little. People thought it was going, especially with the AKB there, they thought it was going to be Destin Hill. Which yeah, well, they also
2: cool. said a special announcement's coming on the coaches for the spring game.
1: All right. So let me explain a few things here. we has been a lot of time and Zach's going to have to go and never played one buyer. So no, <laughs> I told you, you didn't want to start with me. <laughs> you did. This is my fault. I'll take full responsibility yeah. for it. I also didn't know you were going to ask this either, but here we are. So two <laughs> things, one uh, to Chris's point. All right. About not having the people who were there like regularly covering it. I think mm-hmm. there would have been some conflict to where some NCAA rules would have made that to where you can't have people who are covering it on a daily basis. Uh, be part of.
2: Do you do you wish that they would have asked, um, Perry and myself to coach one of the teams? I would
1: have, I would have signed up for that. Yeah. (laughs) I would have, I've been here for that. I would have been extremely jealous that I wasn't part of it, but I would have probably taken it too seriously and ruined things. Uh, and just, I think me and Perry would have
2: a bigger bump than Andrea Adelson and, 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 uh, the other guy,
1: Andy Staples, who you
0: said you
2: love. I do like Andy. I do like Andy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. It's not, um, and then and second
0: he's with Josh, he understands he has short-term.
1: Secondly, ideas. secondly, what they've done. All right, so I'm gonna buy this now because what they've done is assured that both the athletic and ESPN are going to write in-depth pieces probably on their experiences doing this.
2: Oh, I understand why they did it. I just think that they they got C and D choices. I don't but, think that they set out with these. Names. I have.
1: I do not know that. I I can't confirm. I said, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But but they're going to get what they want, which is Jeff Cameron's going to talk about it on Seminal Headlines. going to talk about it on the show. Because he wasn't going to do it anyway. But He's going to talk about it with a little bit more. No, I I get Jeff and Gene.
2: I like the fact that Jeff and Gene are on there. Okay. They're familiar. People everybody who's in that stadium knows who Jeff and Gene are and are excited that they're doing doing it. We're, we're spending way too much time. time. We're
1: spending way too much time. Yes, getting Jalen Ramsey and Erwin James would have been a bigger deal. You're right. What do you want? Deion Sanders could have taken a break from Jackson State and been the coach. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. Sinone, Sinone, in it. Moving on. <laughs> Sinone in it. See, everyone's a critic. Buyer Sinone, Randy Shannon being a great. So we're not mincing words here. Great. We're saying this is a Freaking A to A plus higher as a defensive analyst for FSU. Byerson, I'm buying it. I'm all, I'm all here for it. You get the Miami connections. Uh, you get someone who's going to know what he's looking at on defense. Uh, has been up and down defensive coordinator, but I think for the price you're probably paying for them, like he's got a million dollar buyout from UCF. I don't think you have to pay more than you know, 100,000 or so for a year. Like, hell yeah, I'm I'm buying it. What about you, Chris? Byerson, Randy Shannon being a great hire as a defensive analyst.
0: I mean, I feel like I'll Bob- – say it. I do feel like that's over inflating it a bit, but no, no. he's he's a veteran coach who's been around the block, who knows how to do it on the field, has done every single thing you can ask of somebody on the field as a coach. He's also thought of as a solid recruiter who certainly has ties to an area you're trying to be better at. So I think there's a great deal of value in it. I think he'll help Adam Fuller in the X's and O's department in the sense of being somebody you can lean on and work with and certainly has eyes for what they're looking for. And I think in a recruiting standpoint, it just further goes with what they've tried to do progressively this off season of improving in certain areas.
1: Zach, before you have to go buyer or I'm
3: going to buy just because mm. of what Chris was saying um, with, I'll talk about just basically the recruiting impact. I think they need to establish more contacts down in the South Florida and Florida area in general. And I think Randy Shannon's going to do that for them. Um, they've gotten guys like Brian Barto and, and others that have helped them establish themselves in these areas, but I think adding guys like that is, you know, only going to help them from from here on out. And I, I like the hire.
1: All right, get out of here. It's nine forty-four. A minute. Yeah. Bye. Go. Go. Please. Go. Learn. All right. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Josh Byerson, Randy Shanning, great hire as a defensive analyst.
2: You guys cracked me up. You guys all said bye, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. You got to say. All right, you don't have to be a contrarian here. If you like it, you can say you like Randy it.
2: Randy, Sh- I'm so known in this because Randy Shannon has infiltrated every school in the state of Florida. And name me one program where he's left and people were like, "Damn, I'm I'm glad we hired Randy Shannon. It really worked out well." They were ready to get rid of his ass at UCF, and you know it. That defense was atrocious at UCF. There wasn't. Oh yeah, but he's not he's
1: not coordinating the defense here. No,
2: I will say that I think of all the schools he's been at in the state, because now this like completes the the try i guess he hasn't been to usf yet
1: yeah but the big um, four he's 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 now completed it's not three. a big four i mean national title 2017 <laughs> i
2: will say that at least Florida state doesn't have him coming in as an on-field coach so the the damage he can do will be mitigated because he's only off-field but I think this is a one-year stop for Randy Shannon. I think he'll be somewhere next year. I think the people that want to be excited about it, fine. Uh, I, I think that there's people that are are making way too big of a deal out of it. Um, I just don't know where where the value is necessarily.
1: The va- uh, but, well, that's what I disagree with, Josh. I think there's – if we're talking about being the defensive coordinator and the, and the portion of the fan base is saying, oh, this is Adam Fuller's replacement, I would disagree with that. Uh Almost entirely. Um, but if Randy Shannon, you say like in a year, like say Chris Marv moves on or something, Randy Shannon comes on to be your linebackers coach. I'm fine with that. The, the value is that I think Gator like pick- fans,
2: UCF fans, Miami fans will all caution you about that.
1: But was Randy They all got a story Ra- to tell. Randy was coordinating the defense at UF, correct?
0: I'm keeping it real simple here. I'm not viewing him as a potential replacement of any sort. I'm viewing him solely as a defensive analyst who was hired who to help in a defensive analyst. Role. All right, Chris hey.
2: Byer-Sanone, Will Randy Shannon be here longer than one year as an off-field <laughs> I'm coach? That. I don't okay. think okay. so. If we think he's going to be here one top. year as an off-field coach, like what are we really getting excited about?
1: He'd probably be able to help you a little bit more with getting to know people in Miami, uh, further got establishing Ryan connections for that. It would not hurt to have someone else, again, and you the, the you're talking about – Joseph, you he does, meant, does a great again, job Again, more. That. You could do more because you need to get down there and you don't have inroads into there right now because you can actually go down there. So you have someone who's actually lived ask in the, – the, Ask
2: there. UF fans about these Randy specials that he was recruiting out of Miami. They have what a whole they, name for it.
1: <laughs> what do they call it? Randy, Randy, Randy specials. Special? Randy special. But again, you're not bringing him on to be a defensive coordinator. Probably not even bringing him on with. All uh, right, you
0: sold me. I'm buying it, Sonoma.
1: I'm, okay, I feel like
0: Josh is overstating what his impact can be on the. Player.
1: I think so too. He just didn't want to buy it when everyone else was. You're well, we... also
0: getting ready to hire him on the field immediately, Brendan. So I was
1: not. I was not. I was saying if you, in a couple of years you had him, that that was not what I said. I don't like being misquoted. What did you, did you think about that? Uh, Chris
0: bond uh, moves yeah. on. Randy Shannon can step in as linebacker coach.
1: Yeah, how is that He's automatically promoted that to me? How was it automatically promoting him? He said, if this happened, this could happen. Do you see how many times I couched that? And that's whatever. No. Hey, what Brendan,
2: think- what did you think of the job he did at UCF?
1: Buyer Sinon, all in on FSU's plans to renovate and overhaul the seating inside Dope Campbell Stadium.
0: I'm buying it. I think I made that abundantly clear when it was announced. Uh, it basically. The simple idea is one, improve seating options to create more seating options. Right now, FSU essentially has three seating options. They're looking at creating ballpark about seven. I don't think it's going to eliminate the ability for anybody to get into the stadium. It may alter where they're able to sit depending on how much they want to pay. But it's a business and FSU needs to run it like a business and they need to generate revenue like it is a business. And I think this is a step in that direction. And that stadium does need some new lipstick on the pig. So it would, You know what I'm buying? I'm buying Chris Knee as AD at Florida State. That's what I'm buying.
1: Yeah, I yeah. want to do a series. If Chris Knee was AD, <laughs> uh, I would love for his thoughts to be written down and for people to consume it I, or talk about on the podcast. Well, we
0: would have to start in the 90s when FSU missed the boat of actually generating more revenue. and They waited yeah. until dark days and now they're here and now you're having to try to do it when people aren't happy because product isn't great and you're exiting a pandemic where the economy is, you know, somewhat out of balance.
1: I'm so, in for a revisionist history. And And to be fair, it's not even a revisionist history, because you've been harping on it as long as I've known you and been working with you, Chris. So, I, I think like,
0: it's going in a much better direction. Obviously, I like Michael Alford a good bit. I think he's a progressive thinker. I think he's allowing some of the people that do work around him who have been around this program for some time to share their ideas and allow their vision to be something that can be attempted to be sold to the fan base they haven't broken ground on this if they need to revise it i'm sure they will but i think it's a good idea and i like that it's an aggressive step in a certain direction
1: and a little bit more specifics i talked about it briefly on the pod last week but as when we're talking about renovation so basically chris it would and correct me if i'm missing anything here it would take from eighty thousand seat capacity to about seventy thousand. Uh and as part of that what you're doing is you're you're renovating different seating areas so there like there would be a VIP club kind of deal on the field where you could actually and we saw this like in the Atlanta stadium uh that was it the Mercedes-Benz uh dome uh, uh, up in Atlanta when we were up there in 2017 for the season opener like you could kind of chill like on a on a railing overlooking the field or like on the field so that's part of it they have different seating levels now in the end zone they'll have like uh more more shade they'll have couches more, yeah. Yeah,
0: Um more seatbacks too, which I think is something that people will definitely appreciate.
1: So more comfortable options, more exclusive options, more options in general, other than just where your vantage point is. And I think that's, that's, and then you're trying to place value on it, right?
0: Yeah. And I, I think one of the biggest complaints is they're pricing out Jimmy's and Joe's, regular old folk. And there is some of that that might happen, but I, I still believe those people will be able to get into the stadium. It just may bring about an adjustment from where they've sat for a decade, a couple decades. But in the same token, if you're gonna do it, you reseat the whole stadium and you create a tier some of people that have either bought for so long or invested in the program for so long and work your way down and allow them to have first steps. So person who's been a 50, 50 season ticket holder can have a great choice of what their ticket will be next year if their current seat is becoming something different. And not everyone's going to be happy, but no decision ever is ever going to be made where everyone is happy. Ultimately, the decision has to be made for what is best for the program going forward, while also improving fan appeal. And here's the thing: they sent a survey out, and they got I think ballparked about 5,800 back. I'm sure they sent out well over 5,800. Don't complain on the back end if you had a say in the front and didn't participate. Was that
1: was that the primary? criticism that you could tell chris was that people were afraid like longtime season ticket holders were afraid they were gonna get pushed back or pushed out that was the only critique i've really heard of it but it was a pretty vocal one
0: i mean there's a good amount of people that don't like the idea of potentially losing the seats they've had yes that was something that definitely came up um some of the other stuff is i think people just think it looks too corporate and too done up and that dope for whatever reason they view as having a certain quality now I've been going to Dove for three decades. It's changed a hell of a lot in three decades. Change is just sort of inevitable. The thing I hope is that when they do it, they do it on a scale that makes sense. I feel like the Champions Club, when it was done, I do love the Champions Club, but I feel like it was overdone to a degree. And I feel like if it was a little bit smaller, it wouldn't have quite the empty space look that we deal with in certain games when we do have quality crowds Mm -hmm. up there. So I, I think there's some of that factor with people too, where... Let's do it the right way, not just do it big in the sense of just creating more revenue. In the sense of putting more people in these certain seats, you know, create higher revenue seats, but make sure it's within reason of what you can actually sell and fill.
1: Buyers unknown, Josh. Uh, now that you've heard Chris' Nee's stance on it, you've heard more details on it. You buyer unknown and these uh, these plans to renovate and overhaul the seating.
2: I'm down with <laughs> I'm down with whatever Chris is saying. <laughs> okay, I All just right. know that that man. Has the university's best entrance at heart. And whatever Chris is saying, I'm with it. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, we had a listener ask us a question. I kind of contorted it to be a buyer Sinone here, but uh, this is from Crew 13. He asked for this to be on the podcast. He said, oh, yeah. Andrew Parchment will be what Tamarian Terry was for FSU the last few years. Of- I hope not. <laughs>
2: He's going to be a distraction in the locker room that's a one trick pony on the field that catches some deep balls and some touchdowns as highlights and doesn't do much in between. I think Andrew Parchment's going to be much more than that for FSU.
1: So you're, you're Sanoning it, but with mm-hmm. a positive, with a positive spin.
0: I'm going to Sanon it too. I think he'll be a more well rounded receiver.
1: So Tamori and Terry, I mean, I'm going to pull up his stats here. I learned this trick last week, guys, when I was by myself. Google. If, no, if you type – well, that helps too. If you type stuff – and I got this from the NOLCast. If you type stuff while you're talking, it one, serves as a distraction, but two, it makes you sound really smart like you're researching stuff. I love it. I'm going to do it all the time now. I just Tamori, think
2: Andrew Parchment's a different receiver.
1: And, um, so Tamori and Terry in 2019 had 60 receptions, almost 1,200 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. The year before he had 700 – and eight touchdowns. And obviously last year he was dinged up uh, 289 <clears throat> receiving yards in five games. So it was probably like three games that he played. Um, So if it, we would, like that production would be welcomed, right? But Josh, yeah. your, your concern is that. Well, yeah. So much more stuff was empty and hollow statistically. Is that what you're. Kind of saying we want we want Andrew Parchment to be I more. I mean, close, I
2: don't want to close say close it was empty and hollow, but if we're being serious, I just from what I've heard, Andrew Parchment's a more well-rounded receiver, and 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 I also don't think he's going to be the distraction that Tamari and Terry. I mean, Tamari and Terry had one foot in, one foot out. So when you talk about him as a football player, and you talk about him, you know, as a teammate in the locker room, they're kind of two different things. He definitely had his moments where he was a star on the field. I just don't think that he added very much to the team in the last year, despite his stats.
0: I'm a man who adamantly hates player comparisons because A doesn't equal B. Mm-hmm. So like I'm just not going to do that very often. And I, I don't I don't think Parchment and Terry are extremely similar. I think they both right. have a big playability, but I think it's in different forms and fashion.
1: Well, Parchment's more, as I've seen him, and it may be completely different with a more functional offense around him, but a jump ball specialist in a lot of ways. Like he's got some basketball bounciness to him. Tomorion, for the most part, was he's really big, strong, and fast, and would kind of just beat you right, at, right immediately from the word go and just beat you on street pass. Play
0: ball, yeah. I think the hope is that Parchment can win some in a phone boot and Perry mm-hmm. is more likely to run by the phone booth and catch it. Mm-hmm. And Parchman's uh, also expected to
2: add to special teams as well.
1: Yeah. So I'm buying it. Like, I think his production. Like, if you can get him between 800 and 1,200 receiving yards in a full season, I think that's wide receiver one slash wide receiver two type of stuff. I think that's what you ultimately want from him. You just want to be more consistent and more buy-in, I guess, than when you saw with Tamorin in the last year. Um, yeah. But I'm buying, like, in general. Like, he's, you were bringing him in to be your number one, and that's what Tamar and Terry was supposed to be. You'll probably use him in a similar way outside mostly, but move him all over the field to create mismatches. Uh, There's the last one for me. Uh, it's not really a serious one, but I couldn't think of any others. Byers Sonone, I just saw a picture of him. I look a little, or he look—I should say—AJ Duffy looks a little bit like me. Byers Sinone.
0: I'm just that. I don't need to explain it any further.
2: I buy it. You look great today. Okay, you look great. You look young. You look fresh. I'm buying it. What I'm can I say? At,
1: I'm back at the gym. I'm, I'm vibrant again. I'm wearing a mask like an idiot in the gym, but I'm but I've been fully gym. vaccinated. Wearing two masks in the gym, but hey, look I at got, you! It's hard to lift with a hazmat suit on; it gets in the way a little bit too. You you accidentally wore a beekeeper suit instead of your hazmat suit. <laughs> I think that would be sufficient as well. All right, for Josh Newberg, uh for Zach Blaustein, for Father Christney, I'm Brendan Stinell. This has been on the bench. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you guys later this week. If not, you will have a full report of all four of us being on the bench literally together again on Monday. So until then, peace. We'll talk to you later.